Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. Robert alongside co-host Stephen Kerr and jumping in with us is R.G. Seal, the OG Houston Sports Talk host and also our HST contributor. You heard the coal train coming. It was rolling around the bend. It hadn't seen a ray shine since I don't know when. Well, my, my singing's bad, guys, but uh, Tampa got stuck in uh, Colson, uh, pri- no, not Folsom Prison, uh, Garrett Prison, and time Folsom. kept... Who were you trying to bring up some Johnny Cash there? What was this? Yeah, like, that was a little Johnny Cash. Uh, well, I, I don't know about your singing, Robert, but the, the words were pretty good. I have to hand it to you. And, and I also like o- RG, the OG. That, that's pretty good, too, by the way. Is this an audition for America's Got Talent? What, what's happening here? Uh, I'm working on it. You know, I, I, I go to karaoke every Tuesday. No, I doubt. But I, I that's one of my it's one of my go to songs. So I, I love uh, Fools of Prison Blues, uh, Johnny Cash. But man, Garrett Cole, uh, 54 batters faced in the in the series, six hits, 25 strikeouts, 52 swings and misses, most strikeouts in an ALDS. He's 17 and 0 with a 1.69. ERA in his last 23 starts. The Astros have won his last 14 starts. It, it's unbelievable, guys, and it, and it's like uh, uh, I don't know what he can't do anymore. Does he does he uh, jump tall buildings in a single bound? I don't know. Well, he certainly should be in America's Got Talent. He'd probably win it hands down just based on what he did. You know what? What's interesting, guys, about the uh, Game Five performance. You know, is it now he has 11 straight games with 10 or more Ks, but you know he had two innings in the game when he didn't have any strikeouts, the third or the seventh, or he might've equaled what he did in game two when he had 15 strikeouts. And that was maybe the beautiful part of it because a couple of those innings, he had eight pitches and and 10 pitches and enabled him to go uh, a, a complete eight innings there in, in the game and, and, and enabled the Astros to only have to use basically one person in the bullpen, which was Roberto Asuna. So yeah, Got, uh, excuse me, Garrett Cole, complete domination there. Just utterly incredible with the 25 strikeouts uh, through the two games of the ALDS. And, and that's why the Astros are advancing. Uh, the timely hitting and uh, another outstanding performance from Garrett Cole. One of the Fox guys brought up uh, uh, Mike Scott's 86 playoffs and compared it to what Garrett Cole is doing right now. I said this on Twitter, guys, uh, after the game. As somebody who saw a lot of Mike Scott, and I know you guys did as well. You know, I feel like it's an understatement. I mean, we got to remember that Cole is pitching in a bandbox compared to the Astrodome, and he's going against launch angles and golf balls. <laughs> well, that's true. And, you know, Mike Scott didn't get the chance that Garrett Cole got because, you know, the Mets did not want that series to be extended because they knew they were going to have to face Mike Scott. Well, the Rays extended the series – to a game five only to have Garrett Cole come in and just completely shut the door. I mean, after that first inning, it it was just hard to imagine that the Astros were going to lose that game, especially when you had him in the top of the first, how he mowed him down. And then when the offense just came out and smoked him with four runs in the first, you had to feel really good about that at that point. So yeah, Garrett Cole at least got a chance to do it again with the race, whereas Mike Scott, he didn't get that opportunity in 86 because the Mets were bound and determined to win that 
marathon game that they did. I will say that team, though, with the uh, New York Mets uh, winning the championship, of course, we know about it. And it had a, a really great lineup. But batters like Keith Hernandez and uh, Gar- the late Gary Carter, uh, you know, they basically uh, a lot of that Mets lineup said after that series, uh, we were afraid of facing Mike Scott. We did yeah. not want to see that guy. Uh, I mean, we couldn't do anything against him, we, you know, and and that's kind of maybe the same feeling that the Tampa Bay hitters have. Uh, so I just I don't want to discount what Mike Scott did because he was so dumb. Remember, he closed out with a no hitter over the Giants. And, uh, you know, again, the, the Mets just did not want to face him. They were afraid of him. They were trying to do anything to win game six in order to advance and get to the World Series. Uh, but, I mean, Garrett Cole's having that same type of postseason, kind of like what you said, and uh, where just hitters don't want to face him. They know, gosh, what, what can we do against this guy? I mean, he has four pitches, you know, his fastball, uh, his slider, his change up his curve. We just don't, we can't do anything against it. What, what are we going to be able to do here? We're, just, you know, if he, if he's able to hit his location uh, and get it by us with a hundred miles per hour with his four seam fastball, you know, uh, or his slider down in the zone, what are we going to do? You know? So, I mean, it's that same kind of frustration and befuddlement. So I, I, I just really feel like, yeah, that may be an apt comparison and kind of how their postseasons are going. Well, consider this, RG, Robert and I started recording this podcast, I believe almost three months ago. Garrett Cole hasn't lost a game since May 22nd. That's like five months ago. So well before the we started doing this podcast together, Garrett Cole, that was the last time he lost a game was in May. I mean, that's crazy. Also on the Mike Scott thing, uh, unless you're Trevor Bauer, you don't think Garrett Cole's doing anything with the baseball while I think everybody thought eh, maybe maybe Mike Scott was doing a little something to the baseball. <laughs> but that was also yeah. part of the mental part of it as well. What did you say? I mean, that was why hitters were afraid. They didn't know. They went up there guessing and stuff. But Mike Scott was just so dominant that season. I mean, he ended up winning a Cy Young, which uh, and again, Garrett Cole may win a Cy Young or may get beat out by his teammate, Justin Verlander, who just because he had that one start, you know, was a little bit, let's not forget how dominant Justin Verlander has been too. And they've been a great one, one a. And so right now, if you were to take the Cy Young voting, of course, with Garrett Cole pitching, if you were to do it right now, but it's a regular season vote uh, and very well might end up losing to his teammate, Justin Verlander, who's also outstanding, who also, uh, you know, I would be happy to hand the ball to in a game five or a game seven deciding game. And I was listening to some of the Houston talk shows. And, you know, the funny thing is a lot of the questions that were coming were, is there a way that we can keep Garrett Cole next season? Well, you know what? That They'll deal with that when the season is over. But right now, guys, we just need to enjoy what we're watching because whether whether Garrett Cole comes back or not, we may never see this kind of greatness in a season again by anyone. I mean, it, 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 we've been talking about the numbers for the last several podcasts, and we just pointed some out now. I mean, this is the type of season that it, it's a dream season. It, it may be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Even if Garrett Cole, he, he can still continue to be dominant for the next several years. There's no doubt about that. But to have the kind of season that he is having this year, wow. I, I mean, it's just let's just enjoy the ride. You know, we'll worry about whether Jim Crane is going to pull out his checkbook or 
Garrett's going to escape to California or whatever. We'll worry about that after the season. I agree. Getting get back to the concerts, it's maybe like going to a Bruce Springsteen concert. Hey, I don't want to hear that he's like, maybe hang it up. Or I don't want to hear that the Rolling Stones are maybe not going to perform anymore. Let's just exactly. enjoy listening to the concert while we're at it, right? Exactly. You know, so um, I think with what you're saying there, Stephen, too, I mean, this has been an incredible season. Remember J.R. Richards' uh, strikeout total for a season and remember how dominant that was i mean garrett cole eclipsed that this past season he's he's had an outstanding season and yeah you just want to be able to enjoy the moment and hopefully it culminates in a world series championship the major story offensively was tyler glasnow uh looked like he was tipping pitches from everything and the astros were taking advantage of it now everyone assumes the astros scouted it and had this knowledge prior to the game but i thought this was kind of interesting when the fox cameras caught Bregman saying something to Correa before he came up. It was almost like he wasn't sure Correa knew unless he felt like he needed to remind Correa. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, that is interesting. Well, he was really tipping pitches there. I mean, they were able to to notice that by his glove position. So if it was, uh, whether it was higher up or it was lower, the glove position, we knew a fastball or a curveball was coming. And I mean, I'll just say this, that Kevin Kiermeyer on the opposition, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays excellent center field, he said, that's baseball. You know, you steal signs, you you look for ways to gain an advantage. As long as you're not doing something illegally where you're using a camera, uh, which the Astros have been accused of in the past. But I mean, if it's just natural, like you notice something, I mean, that's why teams try to guard against that and to do that and they not want to tip off pitches. But uh, he said, hey, that was baseball. What they were doing was was fine. We just, and they were able to execute too. I mean, you still have to be able to hit a hundred mile per hour fastball, you know, uh, uh, you know, Tyler Glass knows curveball that what sinks at 92 or, you know, so, I mean, it's still, you have to like be able to, to catch up to that and, and do that. But if you know what's coming, it's obviously an advantage. And, you know, Tampa Bay did adjust after that. And I wanted to ask you guys too, to me, I'm, I'm just happy to get this series out of the way. I thought Tampa Bay was excellent. I, maybe underestimated what they were going to be able to do going down 2-0 and be able to tie the series again. But their pitching staff, I mean, I already knew it was good, but I was thinking, well, with Blake Snell coming back from an injury, with Tyler Glass now having missed half the season, you know, and we all know what Charlie Morton can do in Houston. I mean, I just, with the bullpen and, you know, having to do that, I just felt the Astros would wear them out and, and you know, and, and maybe four games to take this to five games and push the Astros to the brink where they're almost eliminated in the first round like the Dodgers. I mean, what did you guys think? Great Tampa Bay team, even though their season's over. Well, I think everybody except Robert <laughs> underestimated just how good this race pitching staff is, particularly their bullpen. And I even pointed out in the last podcast, RG, that, you know, you keep waiting because Kevin Cash he just he burns through his bullpen day after day after day. You keep waiting for it to blow up in his face, and it didn't. I mean, even in, even in this series, yeah, Glasnow got lit up for those four runs in the first inning, and then of course you had uh, the uh, eighth inning when the Astros added well, a couple of insurance runs. But otherwise, they they were really shutting the Astros well, down. I, I think that was series. kind of when it finally did with Pagan when it finally caught up when they had the back to back home runs with uh, Brantley and Altuve there. That was when you know, finally, and he had to be removed and pulled, and that was his closer. So it did finally catch up to them in, in game five where the Astros had a, a – because let's face it, I mean, it's a lot different going into the ninth inning with Roberto Asuna on the mound, and it's four to one, and he's trying to protect a three-run lead, and you get a base runner on, and we're already – 
you know, getting nervous and, and walking around. And, I mean, we're already nervous anyway when the Astros are playing in the postseason. But can you imagine that with one base runner on and nobody out and potentially, you know, another guy gets a hit two on and then you've got the tying run at the plate. So getting those extra insurance runs were key. And it did, you know, that that kind of made the ninth inning more palatable because you knew if a couple of guys get on with Osuna, he's being yanked for Will Harris. And even if they give up a grand slam, the Astros can still win the game six to five. So, I mean, it's just like that. That was a huge sigh of relief. And they did finally break that. But to your point, uh, Stephen, I mean, to me, how he managed the bullpen throughout the uh, series in the five game series. I mean, it was extraordinary. Everything that he did, every button that he pushed and bringing the relievers in seemed to be right. And that's why I think that maybe this is a good tune up for the Yankees because the Yankees are another team has an excellent bullpen. But I mean, you just got through spacing some excellent pitching. You had to be on your 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 toes throughout the entire series. I mean, it's almost going to be a little bit uh, maybe you can't say you're going to relax because that Yankees lineup is formidable for the Astros pitchers, but at least for the Astros hitters, I mean, you at least have seen a lot of these guys, you know what they throw because, and, and you know what you're going to be getting. And, and it's a seven game series too. So relievers, if you have games, if there is, you know, games past a, uh, games, the first initial four games, and you're going to be seeing these relievers again and again and again. So you'll have more, of a knowledge of what they bring, what they're doing, how they're pitching, and they might have to pitch on consecutive days. So it's a little bit different. And I just, again, I'm just glad to get out of this first round, this five-game series. Justin Verlander said the same thing. These five-game series scare me because seven-game series, at least you can be a more complete team. You got to go to your fourth pitcher. You know, you have to, you can't just use your bullpen exclusively throughout this series. You need to get some length from starters. So, I mean, it's it's a much different series. And, and again, congrats to the Rays on their season, but I'm happy the Astros are moving on. Congratulations to Jose Altuve, too, who had his 11th career postseason home run, which ties George Springer for the most postseason home runs in Astros history. He now has the most postseason home runs by a second baseman ever, like as in for the history of baseball. Of course, we're, we've added some series in recent years, but that's pretty impressive. Uh, RG talking about the Yankees, a couple important notes, I think going into this series, important to see Brantley and Springer get it going as we head into this. Also Correa not doing a ton offensively, but the longer the postseason goes along, you'd assume he'll start to find a rhythm. Uh, Reddick with one hit and 10 at bats. You wonder if we'll see more Kyle Tucker, even though he just had the one walk in his four at bats against the Rays. I seriously doubt they'd go with a three-man rotation unless they're down three to nothing going into game four. But in that case, it'd be Granke in game four, not Verlander or Cole. And guys, the good part about the way the Astros rotation uh, is as it's set up is Garrett Cole's in line for game seven. The bad part is, and you and I talked about this the other day, Stephen, that um, Garrett Cole will pitch only once in the first six games, only once. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the way I have it, and of course, we're recording this the morning after the game, and they haven't announced the rosters, the pitching rotations just yet. So by the time everyone hears this, they may already know. But the way I have it at this point is Grinky game one, Verlander game two, Cole game three. And then with your game four starter, I, I think you will see Brad Peacock added to the roster. You know, the question is, are you going to have him as your game four starter? Are you going to go with Orkiti? You know that, but at least the first three—that's how I have it in in that particular order. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, as far as for the game four starter, though, I'd be going with Urquidy just because, uh, I mean, we still don't know what Brad Peacock is is bringing. And, uh, he, yeah, he'll be activated. And, of course, he has the postseason experience, too, from the previous World Series run and last year. But, uh, you know, I think that Urquidy, by the way, he pitched down the stretch of the season. I mean, nobody's talking about Miley here. At least that's a good thing, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah. That game. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess I want to uh, dispute a, a little bit. I know that Zach Greinke had a terrible start. We know that uh, against the Tampa Bay Rays and giving up the home runs. But this was a guy that was acquired at the deadline to come in and make a difference. I know he hasn't been, you know, great, but he did have an eight and one record with the Astros and a 302 ERA. This is a guy that can pitch good games and you're going to need him to pitch good games in order to win a World Series. So to me, this is a big game one start. At least he gets one start at Minute Maid Park in front of the home fans. Well, you know, uh, where they'll be cheering for um, this game. You know, he can set the tone. This is why Zach Greinke, I mean, he hasn't won a championship. This is his chance to prove, go out there, have a strong effort, set the series in the right tone. And maybe with a game five, I know he has the, the numbers at Yankee Stadium. You continually bring that up, Robbie. I, I mean, I see that when, you, when you're when you out tweeting. But he did before <laughs> he was traded with Arizona against this Yankees lineup. He had a very good day. Uh, and you know, pitching at Yankee Stadium. So, again, this is a new chance for Zach Granke. I feel like he's really got to show up in the uh, American League Championship Series and the World Series if the Astros go there. You just can't expect every single time, okay, Justin Verlander, when he starts, and Garrett Cole, when he starts, the Astros are going to win, and those are the ones we'll pencil in. No, the other guys have to contribute. Because we know this even from 2017. The Astros won the World Series. But guess what? The Dodgers got to Justin Verlander. Well, and let's consider this, too. You know, in, in this past season with the Diamondbacks, Grinke actually had a couple of games against the Yankees that were pretty good. I mean, of course, he had the one the day he was traded that he came out. But in those combined in uh, 12 and two-thirds innings, he had a 2.13 ERA and 0.87 whip. Now, you know, historically, at, at Yankee Stadium against the Yankees, he hasn't done that well. So, But at least with this particular, you, you have some hope and the fact that he's pitching at home in game one. But even if he doesn't do well in game one, you know, that that is going to be a big key that the Astros get behind 1-0 at home if he doesn't do well. But at least you've got Verlander and Cole back-to-back after that. Exactly. But the the, the whole thing is, though, you're, you're right, RG. At least those three starters have to be effective if the Astros are going to go all the way through and win the World Series. That, you, you can't have just two pitchers dominating – and everybody else struggling. It just but, can't happen. And I think another thing, too, is that we have to look at it. Okay, you're going up against the Yankees now. You know, the Yankees, they've been getting, you know, they, they've had their, their big question mark throughout the season was their starting pitching. And it's been better. I mean, for, for whatever reason, Tanaka always seems to step it up in the postseason. The Astros have seen that. They're going to be facing Tanaka. They're going to be facing Paxton. They're going to be facing Severino and then a Jay Happ. But it's, if you know, the... But it's not inconceivable that the Astros could hit those guys. They're still their main impetus is going to be, even though the Yankees' strength is their bullpen, if they're only getting you know three to four innings out of their starters and not five to six and having to go to their bullpen earlier, that's advantage Astros. So again, to me, it's going to be how the lineup reacts to this. It's it's a little bit different situation than than Tampa Bay. Uh, because, you know, that uh, again, with Kevin Cash in a five-game series, he was looking to get three to four innings, then go to that pen, and then he would pitch 10 pitchers in the game if he had to, you know. I mean, uh, the Yankees are going to use their bullpen. They have one of the best bullpens. But remember, too, that Zach Britton 
he hurt his ankle. He says he's fine and ready to go, but that's something to watch. And, you know, again, the more that you can kind of see a bullpen, Adovino, Chapman, Britton, Conley, whatever, if you make them pitch on consecutive days, you make them go, you know, have to pitch a couple innings and come back the next day and pitch a couple innings. That's why it's important to get length from the starters. So again, it'll, it'll be good to see if, if, uh, you know, you can get a good start from Zach Granke and, of course, Justin Verlander. We're expecting that. And, uh, you know, that way you can kind of neutralize because the Yankees have a, a lot of great bats, too. So it's going to be a much tougher opponent, at least with a lineup, than the Tampa Bay Rays were. Yeah, let me just set the scene, RG, because I, I don't know if many people, Astros fans, uh, that were, you know, you just don't pay attention to what the Yankees are doing or what other teams are doing. Sometimes you get caught up in your own stuff. So Adam Adovino, Zach Britton, Araldis Chapman, that bullpen all have a sub 2.22 ERA. Tommy Canley, he's not bad either. You mentioned him. All four of them have a strikeout per nine innings rate of 11.9 or higher. So they can uh, strike some guys out. And if the Astros are going to do damage, as you said, RG, you got to do it early, maybe by the fifth or sixth sitting, because with the starters, Tanaka's got a 4.45 ERA for the season. Paxton, a 3.382. Severino's been injured all year. Uh, don't know how many innings he can go. He didn't give up a run in four innings in his one start against the Twins, but only uh, did go four innings. And, you know, in fact, the, the Yanks didn't even have anybody that, uh, or I think, let me let me check. Yeah, the Yankees, uh, they didn't even average five innings a start against Minnesota. So if you're the Astros, like RG said, your hope is to wear down the bullpen over a long series and give them a lot of stressful appearances in that short time span that, that is the American League Championship. And, and that's something I think with the Astros, if I can just jump in here, guys. I mean, it's something with the Astros we saw throughout the season why they're such a difficult lineup is because they don't strike out as much. They extend their plate appearances. Uh, you know, they they battle in there. And so if they can get the pitch count up, especially for the starters, it wasn't again with Tampa Bay. If they were only going to, they're going to start Luis Castillo and he's only going two innings and they bring in all these, the parade of relievers or uh, Tyler Glasnow four, Blake Snell three or whatever it might be. Yeah. That's why a five game series again was, was very, because uh, it didn't matter about the pitch count and going up because they were only going to pitch a, a certain amount of innings anyway. And Kevin Cash was trying to win it with his bullpen. But you know, with again, with a seven game series, you're going to have to get some length out of the stars. They can't go three innings and and be out of there. So, I mean, the Astros will get to go against them a couple of times through the order, you know, building that, you know, watch the pitch count, see what they can do there. You know, it, of course, if they have pitches to hit their meatballs over the plate, they're going to do that, too. But, you know, it just the Astros are a team that's a patient lineup. They don't strike out as much. So I, that's why I'm kind of interested to see how they fare against the Yankees pitching, because we know that, again, against the the Yankees have a great lineup for people who aren't familiar with them. But I, they, they could at least probably recognize Aaron Judge as uh, one of the great players in the game. John Carlos Stanton, a former MVP uh, you you know, you have uh, Glaber Torres, uh, I mean, through up and down there, Gary Sanchez, up and down their lineup, they've got a lot of power, really good hitters. And so it's it's going to be a tough matchup. Seven players with at least 20 home runs in their lineup. And Gregorius missed half the year with injuries or he would have had 20 home runs easily. Meanwhile, the Astros, RG, finished the season with four players, at least uh, with a 900 OPS while the Yankees only had Aaron Judge was with those type of numbers. And, I mean, R.G. and Steven, I mean, it's just you look at it, the lineups, both of them are super deep and got tons of power. 
Well, and not only tons of power, but they're really good at being patient at the plate, too. They try to work deep into counts. You know, the Astros starters are going to have to be ready for that, too. And they've gotten healthy. I mean, they, they definitely, they spent a lot of the year, a lot of those hitters were out. But they're back in now. So along with that power, uh, they're very patient at the plate. The Astros are going to have to be the same way and not swing at bad pitches. And I think the key is an early start. They had trouble with that against the Rays, except obviously in game five, they came out firing. But yeah, I think that's a real key that in a seven game series, you know, you, you can only use your bullpen so much. Eventually they are human. They got to give out, you would think, but the Astros really need to start jumping on the Yankee starters early if they're going to get out in front. And then of course, their bullpen has to nail it down too. And, and guys, like uh, who, as far as for the bullpen, what do you guys see? We know that Osuna had the struggle, had to be yanked for uh, Harris in the division series to close out a game. But then he came back in the ninth with the 6-1 lead, as we know, closed out the uh, series, the game five. And Osuna said that a lot of it was because he was throwing too many sliders and you know, wanted to get back to, you know, he has the cut fastball, the slider, uh, be able to uh, – uses change up. So, I mean, what do you, what do you think guys, as far as the Astros construction with their bullpen, how would you do things towards the end of games? Let's say uh, a starter is removed in the fifth or sixth, taking out Verlander or uh, Cole. Well, let me just throw out these numbers for you and uh, talking about the starters, the Astros starters and their bullpen. There's six guys on the Astros that are, I would say the key pitchers that we're going to see a lot in this series. The Yankees hitters have a 671 OPS versus Garrett Cole. Sort of what you would expect. 577 versus Verlander. Verlander's been incredible. Uh, Granke, uh, a 645 uh, OPS. So, uh, yeah, great point by Steven. This year he's been good, and it's against these hitters that you kind of have to look at. So Granke's pitched well against these guys. Osuna, a minuscule 366 OPS and 67 at-bats versus this lineup. Uh, an ugly uh, 1096 for uh, Presley, although only in 50 at bats, uh, also in 50 at bats. Will Harris, another ugly 1034. So keep all that in mind. Uh, Presley and Harris haven't done well against this this particular group. It's a small sample size, but I mean, I, I think those numbers are very interesting. Well, then, who, what guys are you looking at potentially? You know, again, this matchup out of the bullpen. Are there some guys like a Joe Smith, uh, like Abreu? Is he activated this round? Like, what would you maybe like to see as far as the bullpen goes? Well, I think you're going to see Joe Smith and and Rondon certainly in there, and you could see Brian Abreu come onto the roster in this particular case because they're going to have to add an extra pitcher. If you left Wade Miley off the roster, you're certainly going to add a Brad Peacock. But you still need to add another pitcher, and, and Abreu could be that guy. You know, the, the key to Osuna to me is if if he can locate that fastball, and if he doesn't throw so many pitches, you know, and, and he gets gassed, he just he can't locate that fastball or that slider. Yeah, the lineup could be out there before we even start, but you just said it, Stephen. I mean, that's what I would do. I think that's what most Astros fans would do. It'd be Miley would be off. Uh, Peacock and Abreu would be on in that situation. Uh, Miles Straw, uh, the odd man, uh, as far as the regulars or I guess uh, you know position players would be out of the mix. But that that's that's how I would do it anyway. I mean, isn't that what you would do, RG? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I I, I want to say some, one thing again about the Yankees too and the numbers and looking at it over a 
course of the season. Uh, another thing about this past season is their lineup. They were injury riddled. So a lot of times, I mean, Giancarlo Stanton missed most of the season. You know, Aaron Judge missed a chunk of time. So I don't know what the particular lineups the Astros were facing that day or because the Yankees, that was one of the reasons why uh, Aaron Boone did a tremendous job as a manager of the Yankees, just the uh, constant shuffling in and out. But uh, as far as, yeah, I mean, roster moves, uh, it's going to be tough to kind of like figure out. I mean, I think it's going to be pretty similar, except I think they'll add another pitcher and subtract a position player because generally when the Astros have gone to the ALCS, it's been uh, 13 and 12 instead of 14 and 11. So we'll see kind of how they compose the roster, but they're going to add an extra pitcher. And of course, a lot of that is going to come down to matchups too. Is and we don't know who the Yankees are going to start in what order. So you know, AJ Hinch is going to look at those matchups and determine the lineup day by day according to that. Yeah, just to be clear, RG, those numbers that I was given as far as OPS, those were against the players that the that are on the Yankees roster. It's it's not this year's numbers. It's career numbers against these particular guys, uh, according to I think ESPN was what I was looking up those numbers at. So if they're wrong. Uh, don't blame me. Blame ESPN. <laughs> well, no, I yeah, I just am saying there's a lot of like, uh, yeah, yeah, that that's a good point. Uh, but uh, to me, it's like, uh, yeah, you can go off those numbers, and of course, there's a history there. But uh, you know, it, it's it's still going to come down to you know, in this especially in this postseason, a lot of times you're going to like Will Harris. I mean, he's looked like a different pitcher this year than he has historically against many of these batters. And if he's you know pitching like he was at the end of the season where he had the the nine pitch, you know, uh, ending and the way that he came in and closed out that game, you have a lot more confidence in him. So a lot of it'll be kind of in, you know, you'll look at the analytics, you'll look at the information and how hitters have fared and matchups. Of course, that's going to go into the Astros and AJ Hinge's thinking, but you're also going to be going with your gut, like who's pitching well, you know, if does Ryan is Ryan Presley, is he looking better, you know, coming off this injury? Now he says he's kind of straightened out his mechanics and he feels much better. So it's just like if Ryan Presley's back and pitching like the, the great player that he has been for the Astros, then that that could also be, a, you know, a huge asset in the bullpen late in games. Also really important to note something that Justin Verlander made a point of in the postgame on uh the Thursday night game, game five, he said, look, uh, this is the type of uh, series that you're looking forward to if you're the Astros, because, you know, a five game series like Tampa Bay, it's just, you know, you, you're basically uh, leaving a lot of things uh, in, in, that are different than what would normally be like a, a longer stretch over a course of a season. But in a seven game series, uh, you know, Justin Verlander said, look, uh, it, it's the every guy on the roster counts. You know, you're going to be using everybody. And you felt like when Verlander was saying that he he was saying we, we got the edge there. Yeah. And then and, and also that that's a key point, because when you look at, you know, a, a bouncing ball that that goes through someone's legs or, you know, a big play here, a, a little thing there can make the difference in a series. I mean, we saw it even in the, the Tampa Bay series to some extent, but certainly in a seven-game series. I mean, you talked about Correa's bat maybe not being the greatest, but his defense, he made several key defensive plays to rob Tampa Bay hitters of hits during this series, and that's going to be a key in the Yankees series. You saw Aaron Judge lay out and, and make some great catches in the Twins series. So it's going to come down to those little things as well as those big plays, those timely hits, a big home run. A, a big pitch to nail it down. You know, that's that's obviously in 2017 what got the Astros through. The big hit with Alex Bregman that scored Derek Fisher from first. 
you know, Lance McCullers coming in, 24 straight curveballs to, to nail it down. You know, Charlie Morton, we, we don't have him anymore, but I'm just saying these types of situations, you're going to see a lot more of that probably come into play in a seven-game series in the ALCS against the Yankees. Oh, definitely. I think that's the thing, again, getting back to what Justin Verlander said about the difference between a five-game series, seven-game series. I think that's why we're all breathing a sigh of relief because at Tampa Bay was such a quirky team. They had they had excellent pitching. They were number one overall again in the, in the American League and ERA better than the Astros, even with the dominant starters we've talked about with Verlander and Cole. So, I mean, you were really facing top-tier pitching and just – I mean, how they were able to, and I think, you know, even that experience in Tropicana, the Astros haven't been as good a road team this year, but that's how it's going to be in the Bronx. It's not going to be easy. Those fans are going to be on top of you and, uh, you know, you better prepare and and, uh, at least they'll have Garrett Cole going in a a game three at the, at the Bronx. But, uh, you know, those are the type of things in the five game series. That's why five game series, they can turn on a dime momentum. That's why the Dodgers are out. I think if that's a seven game series, I mean, we've seen the Nats bullpen and, uh, you know, you can't discount again, again, congratulations to Washington, but you know, if you can catch the Dodgers in a, in a, in a five game series, you know, and put out, you know, Scherzer and, and Corbin and Strasburg have Strasburg pitch twice. And then they, you know, get that, be able to split that first series at home against the Dodgers. And then you have like Scherzer going a game, you get, you know, you're able to bring it back for that fifth game with Strasburg. I mean, it's a much different series. You got to win four games there and, you know, have to have to stretch things out with that Washington bullpen uh, that's been uh, very troublesome for them. So, I mean, it's, it's like, we're the same thing with the Astros and the Rays, you know, it's just, it, uh, in a much more condensed series, these these five game series, the the one game wild card. I mean, anything can really happen. So it is you do really get to see more of the complete team, the lineup, the substitutions. You have to you have to pitch your four starter, generally speaking, in the fourth game. So I mean, it's it's uh you know it's something to look forward to because the Astros have been the most complete team in baseball. It doesn't mean that they're going to win this Yankees team. You know, won over 100 games as well. They're one of the super teams in baseball. They've had a great season. It wouldn't surprise anybody. It would have been shocking to lose the Tampa Bay Rays potentially in the opening round. That would have put a, a you know a bitter taste on this whole season. But to get to the ALCS against a Super Yankees team, this is what you built up for. So we'll see what happens. Odds to win the World Series from Fangraphs: Astros 50 percent, Yankees 22 percent, Nationals 22 percent, Cardinals 6 percent from 538. Uh, the website 538, Astros 36%, Yankees 29%, Nationals 22%, Cardinals 13%. One of the great notes of this series is uh, it will be the fifth postseason series between 100-win teams in the last three postseasons. There were zero postseason series between 100-win teams from 1978 through 2016 so basically the previous what is that 36 34 years or something like that or 38 years 38 years yeah wow that's that's pretty interesting i i would think the yankees odds would be a lot closer than what did you say 50 percent astros 22 percent yankees in yep. one of those, yeah, that I would think they'd be a lot closer than that. I mean, yeah, I think, good I think so too, Steve, and especially after they just completely – I know the Minnesota Twins and their pitching, and they were disappointment in that series against the Yankees, really, but the Yankees just brutalized them. So, I mean, they're probably the hottest team, it looks like, on paper or uh, coming into this any series right now. And so, I mean, the Astros, again, are going to have a tough opponent, but uh, – 
Yeah, I would think that it would be much closer for because both of these teams are are really really good, and that's why I mean a lot of people are thinking this is a seven game series. These are two. This is Ali Frazier. These are two heavyweights slugging it out. All right, before I get your predictions, I've got something that came down Thursday night in the middle of the Astros game, Houston sports related, Houston Cougars related. That just uh, it, it was kind of a bomb dropping, and I, I I didn't catch it until Friday morning. But there was a tweet thread from Justin Murphy, a Houston Cougar starting offensive lineman, that in the last few days announced he was transferring from U of H. Uh, this is what he said on Twitter. He said, my name is Justin Murphy, and according to sources, I'm no longer a part of the Houston Cougar football senior class, a senior class that is the first group to experience a head coach and administration to actively tank a football season. He continues the thread to give a little chronological context as to why I'm no longer with the team. I want to take it back to how the season began. We started off the season on a primetime Sunday night versus OU after receiving a tick in the loss column we go on to play four games in 19 days a schedule unprecedented the motivating speech to get the labor force and he puts in parentheses players through the gauntlet of u of h's attempt at capitalism question mark quote nobody watching is going to care so we can't care either unquote one harsh truth of the nature of football we go on to hold a record of one and three Despite the record, we can all hope that the TV revenue produced in those four games was worth it. As for me, at the age of 23 and three prior knee surgeries, it was the hardest thing as an athlete I've ever done. I at least hope my time as a four-game starter warrants the only guaranteed compensation I have, a single-semester full athletic scholarship valued at $14,686.71. The only things I have left guaranteed as a result of my time in college football, a fourth and fifth knee surgery, and undoubtedly a case of CTE. I mean, this goes on and on. He goes into Holgerson. Holgerson sits at his desk and says, I don't have time to talk. I only have time to coach. As if I didn't deserve an eye-to-eye farewell or a proper handshake. Uh, He says, as a person that is guaranteed a non-salary compensation, of $3.4 million to go along with $300,000 base salary for 2019, one might think you'd have a better outlook on the players that contribute to your compensation. I mean, this is a team sport, right? And then he he tags in Holgerson to this. I mean, boy, that is uh, some strong, strong words against Dana Holgerson in the Houston program. Wow, did this guy, maybe he should have just written a book. I mean, that, that's about as long as... Uh... A, a short novelette or something. Uh, he he certainly had a lot to say. I mean, I, you know, the whole rule change with the redshirting thing, that by itself could very well affect U of H recruiting in how that was handled and the fact that uh, they started off one and three. You know, comments like this being made public, uh, that could very well add to it. And, you know, Dana Holgerson, I mean, they they signed him to a lot of money to turn this program around after Major Applewhite. And so far... Uh, it, it it certainly hasn't panned out, and you can't panic after one year, but, boy, just some of the things that are adding up uh, certainly are, are quite disturbing. It's one of those deals, though, RG, where, I mean, this is a huge deal. If you're a recruit thinking about going to U of H, I mean, this guy spells it out pretty uh, pointedly, and I don't feel like there's anything that he's got to be, as far as a grudge coming into this whole thing. I mean, it's – I mean, this is – this is a deal where you bring a guy in and you make a lot of promises. And if you don't keep them and, and, and somebody else looks at it and say, well, this, this 
team could tank a season. The coach could lie to me. All of that. It's, it doesn't look good. It's not a good look for Holgerson in his first year. Well, I'm sorry, guys. I really don't know too much about the whole situation there other than Holgerson coming in as the coach and, uh, you know, obviously coming from West Virginia where he had a lot of success and having some trouble there at the beginning of the season. So, And we don't know their response as well to what he's making with these accusations. So, again. But wasn't he uh, – did you say he was a second-time transfer? I thought it, I thought that was in there where he said, I'm a, I'm a second-time graduate transfer or something like that. Uh, kind of makes me wonder what what happened the first time around. It's hard to get mad at guys for transferring the way coaches just take off these days. No, it, it, yeah, you really can't. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. That, that's a whole another conversation. But no, and, and he was very thorough. It wasn't that he was just throwing out a bunch of generalities. I, I mean, he was doc. He obviously documented everything that happened. I mean, this is this is kind of like a. It almost reads like a, a legal document in a sense, as far as what the facts were. He was very specific about it. And that's where I think you have to take notice. He's not just throwing out a bunch of, you know, bitter, resentful comments that, you know, the coaches didn't do this or that in general terms. He's being very specific about injuries, dates, you know, occasions. So that's where I think you have to take a long look at it and say, what in the world is going on in that program right now? Yeah, sorry for the long read. I mean, it's just, uh, to me, everything in that was just, whoa, you know, this is major stuff against Dana Holgerson. This is a guy that, you know, has a history of injuries and it's a very specific situation. So, I mean, I, I just thought that that was worth saying. And it, it's a, you just don't hear that very often. You know, the player going that strong at a college football coach, uh, it, it's unusual. But let's just finish off on uh, predictions for the Yankees and Astros. Uh, RG, you want to start off with this? Uh, what do you think is going to happen in this series? Give me your, like, play it all out for me. Maybe give me uh, every pitch by pitch, uh, which which ones are strikes and ball. No, no, just give me, give me <laughs> what do you think? Astros in, in four, sweep? You got a sweep? I don't have a sweep, uh, but because the Astros have the, the home field advantage here and, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, hey, I'm on the Astros train here. I'm not going to get off of it. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go Astros in seven. Ah, oh, you know, people have accused me of being wishy-washy and probably for good reason, because I've been waffling back and forth on this, you know, even before game five with during the Tampa Bay series of, you know, just what kind of Astros team do we really have? I, I definitely think that the series is going to go at least six, probably seven games. I think the key is, it, you know, again, Grinky starting game one, I think that's a big thing. You know, if the Astros lose game one, at home, that means they're going to have to win that second game to keep the series and then go to Yankee Stadium and grab at least one, maybe two. So I think that's really what it's going to hinge on. But, you know, as as tempted as I am to pick the Yankees in seven, and I, and I thought about it, thought about it long and hard. I mean, I picked the Astros to go to the World Series before the playoffs even started and right before the Tampa series. So... I, I guess I, I I don't want to go against that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with RG and and pick the Astros to go in seven. God, I hate I hate that we're all agreeing on this. I I, I got the Astros in seven, but if they lose, it's going to be in less than seven. They're they're not losing with Garrett Cole on the mound in Game Seven. So Yankees in six is what you're saying, as if that happens. Well, I'm going to go with the Astros because I, I I feel like Justin Verlander made made a great point. I mean, the Astros, their depth. The strength of everything that they've had, 
And, you know, some guys struggled a little bit in the first series, but now, now they've got the bugs worked out maybe. And, you know, hopefully uh, that's going to mean something. And, and, and I'm praying that Granke can win one of these two starts. I mean, he needs to well, win Well, I mean, one that's two why starts. they traded for him. If you get, guys, if you're going to win a World Series, I mean, you traded for Zach Granke. There's one of the best pitchers over the last seven years. I know he hasn't been the same pitcher, but again, he's been 8-1 and one with the Astros. He's had some good starts. He's going to have to pitch well in the postseason. He can't give you like three innings and get knocked out with three or four home runs. I mean, you just can't do that. You're going to need to get some length. You're going to need to get good starts from Zach Greinke. Greg Lucas mentioned this before. It's huge for him because he hasn't had postseason success. So this is a deep run in the postseason. This is his chance to show that he's still a very good pitcher, can handle in the postseason and help a team towards winning a championship. Another thing that we maybe didn't mention today that that George Springer finally, you know, got a little bit untracked in game five, but he's one of the best postseason hitters of all time kind of uh, coming into this postseason. He hasn't had a home run yet. If George Springer can start hitting some home runs. I mean, the guy can carry a series. I mean, he's done that before. He's World Series MVP. Uh, to me, that's important. He makes the whole Astros lineup go. So if George Springer and then, like you said, Michael Brantley with a home run breaking out, Jose Altuve's already been a, a postseason beast. Then you have, you know, somebody, you know, you have your Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman's been great. You know, that lineup, I mean, the one through seven, the Astros is really going to have to, you know, pick it up against the Yankees pitching staff. Well, and let's not forget, guys, like it or not, the Astros just seem to play better when their backs are against the wall. I mean, it's it's nerve wracking. It's frustrating for fans. And, and I'm not saying the players intentionally put themselves in that position. I'm sure they they prefer to sweep in a five-game series or a seven-game series. But, it, I mean, it, the Astros just proved time and time again. They proved it in 2017. They were down to the Yankees. They had to come back and win those two games. You know, it just – they seem to – when their backs are against the wall, that's when you see the team that you want to see. So, I don't know that it's – I don't think it's going to be any different in this series. If they should get down by, say, a game, you know, they're going to have to steal one at Yankee Stadium or – come back home and win a game seven. So we have to keep take that into account too. All of baseball is going to be watching it. It's going to be fun. The Astros actually get to play in primetime some because uh, they're playing the Yankees. So that's kind of, that's kind of nice. Pretty much all the games are going to be in prime time. So yeah, that's yeah. What's the beauty of this. Hey, are you going to close out with a, another song? You're going to do some more karaoke here. Yeah. From from now on, we're going to go to Steve Sparks for all future future musical numbers because uh, Steve Sparks is Houston sports talk legend for his uh, singing ability. I am not. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for doing this. You're listening to Houston sports talk. Don't forget to follow Houston.